It's showtime, folks. Son now. Ali to the left. Son on a mission to go alone. This is sensational. World class. Welcome to Know It All with Champ Chesterfield. We got a great show for you today. We're going to break down the boxing fight with Vaseli Lomachico versus Telefimo Lopez. Then we're going to do our soccer report and uh, cross all over uh, European soccer uh, last weekend and look at the uh, matchups a little bit in the Champions League and Europa League. This week, uh, we'll discuss the NBA championship and the new odds for the 2021 season and uh, see if we can get a good odd uh, on uh, the championship there. And we just touch on the World Series a little bit uh, after game one tonight. So let's start out and go into the fight that was over the weekend. What a great fight it was. It was nice to have boxing, uh, you know, back after... COVID has pretty much shut down all really big fights. I mean, you get a fight here and there, but uh, nothing really this big, especially on this level. Uh, good to see Loma Chico and Telefimo Lopez fight each other as well. You can't always get the top guys at their weight class to go head-to-head and to do it without fans in the stands and uh, not on pay-per-view. Really great to see. Uh, Lomachenko just started out way too slow in this fight. I, I think uh, Tilefimo Lopez's power just probably stunned him a little bit, and the discipline that Lopez had to keep him at bay and be aggressive but not over-aggressive where Lomachenko could get out inside and counter him. Really impressive, was thoroughly impressed with the way Lopez held. Uh, Lomachenko just uh, started too slow. I don't know if, you know, he's going to start to age out of being able to fight the way he did, sort of like Roy Jones did later in his career where he just can't make himself, you know, throw punches. He's sitting there waiting, waiting for that perfect punch. And while he's doing that, he just gets outworked uh, by the younger, more aggressive fighter. And that's sort of what happened here. Now, uh, Lomachico put in a nice uh, last probably four or five rounds, but really got thoroughly beaten that 12th round. So I thought the decision was just definitely Lopez's fight that he won and really excited to see where he goes up. Uh, I'm assuming he'll probably move up to 140 or so. There's not much left for him at 135. I think his size will translate to 140, but it gets a little tricky because I don't know how many guys really at 140 will be there for him to fight. The 
real weight is 148 where you know a lot of the money guys are when you can make a lot of exciting fights can he get to 148 i don't know i don't know if that power will you know translate up there it worked for um manny pacquiao it somewhat worked for uh marquez though he never went really above 140 so to see if his power can uh translate up there we'll see uh but definitely i think he'll be easily the champion at 140 uh you've probably got a jose ramirez matchup in there uh josh taylor's probably the best at 140 but i i don't know if he brings enough uh, name value to the table quite yet. He'll need a handful of more fights, I think, before you could build that. But I think people would be interested in a Jose Ramirez fight. and uh, Also, Mikey Garcia, uh, if he wanted to drop back down into the 140, I think that would be a really intriguing fight. Mikey Garcia and Tilefimo Lopez. So that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, on the other side, uh, Lomo, uh, I don't know what he does. Uh, there are... A handful of really good guys he could fight at 135 if he wants to, and if he wants to drop down to 130. Uh, there's also, you know, the possibility of a rematch, though he didn't put that in his contract to, uh, you know, a mandatory rematch. So it seems like this was maybe really a one-off, uh, especially if Lopez moves up to 140. I just don't think Lomachico, he doesn't even look entirely comfortable at 135. So I think he's just, you know... I think 135 is probably his limit. He could go to 140, but I think his power would really start to dissipate there. Uh, you saw it a little bit here where uh, Tilefimo Lopez wasn't too worried about getting hit by Lomachico and wasn't too hurt by him. So uh, 135 is probably Lomachico's limit. I mean, he could easily, uh, you know, get decision fights, but uh, I think people being scared of his power at 140 probably would not happen at all there. So... At 135, we got a handful of guys. Um, you know, the big one would be uh, Javante Davis, who fights in two weeks versus Leo Santa Cruz, who's really moving up in weight here. But um, I'm really excited to watch that fight because I love watching Leo Santa Cruz and his, you know, nonstop, relentless style. And uh, Davis is a knockout power guy. And if he can stay out of trouble, I think for sure you're looking at a definite multi-time champion, probably a, a couple weight classes. Uh, he's pretty short, but he's a stocky, powerful guy, so I think he could probably move up to 148, and I'm sure that power translates from what I've seen so far. Leo Santa Cruz is definitely moving up in weight here. Uh, I, I don't want to preview this fight. I'll preview it in two weeks when it comes up, but uh, just really excited about it. Uh, but both those guys would be options for Loma coming up. Uh, the other one, you know, the big fight, it's, I think, in two months, uh, Miguel Burchelt and uh, Oscar Valdez fight each other, and I think that would be, you know, winner or loser of that fight, fighting Loma to, you know, lose sort of a loser-leaves-town um, matchup or, uh, you know, just a new title fight. Uh, so there are some options out there for Loma after uh, this defeat. Uh I do look for him to bounce back. Uh, I did see he had a shoulder injury, and he got it worked on this week. So we'll see what is in the cards for Loma after this loss and if he can bounce back. And really excited to see where Telefimo Lopez goes after this fight. But it was just great to have uh, fights back. And uh, there are a handful of good ones coming up. Uh, not this week. Uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez faces Israel Gonzalez this week. Uh, you know, uh, 
Watching Chocolatito fight is always a fun experience. Probably one of the best tacticians the last 15 or 20 years in the fight game, uh, you know, other than those losses to Soren Rung and V-Side. Uh, just uh, Chocolatito has been back on track and uh, moved up in weight, and he's got a belt now. So let's see if he can uh, continue to win fights and uh, maybe give this fight a little peek, but uh, I don't. You know, it's uh, after last week's, it's a pretty light fight weekend. All right, so let's head into the soccer weekend. Uh, we'll definitely have to start out in the EPL. It was, I don't know, crazy matches all week. Like the season has been crazy all year long. Uh, we'll probably have to start out with the leaders right now in the table. Uh, Everton. Uh, Funny enough, Everton, not Liverpool, leaders of the table. And Everton, uh, probably their first real big test of the year, came out with a 2-2 tie versus Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool pretty much bossed this game, but um, Everton found a way to get a couple of nice goals on set pieces to keep this tied. So Everton stays uh, Everton stays undefeated on the year. Uh, Liverpool... Sort of bounces back from their bad loss to Villa a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I thought they looked pretty good. Now, the you know, the main story in this is, uh, sadly, Virgil van Dijk, I think, tore his ACL uh, by a really uh, poor challenge by Jordan Pickford. Just was totally out of control. Should have gotten a red card, but, you know, can't do anything about it now. And um, sad for Virgil van Dijk and a uh, little nervous for Liverpool here, I Right now, without Allison in goal and without Virgil Van Dyke, I think that defense really takes a hit. I think if they can get Allison back in goal, I, I certainly don't think that makes them runaway favorites anymore for the EPL. I think this really opens up the table, and I think multiple teams can challenge Everton being one of them to steal that uh, the Premier League title. So uh, we'll definitely have to look and see how uh, Liverpool plays. Do they go back to their uh, ways before they had Virgil van Dyke when they were, you know, running gun and scoring four goals a game, but they were also giving up two to four goals a game. It's a little bit like how uh, Chelsea has played. So uh, speaking of that, Chelsea uh, played Southampton this weekend. Chelsea drew with them 3-3 and were up multiple times. But as Chelsea has done uh, ever since Frank Lampard has taken over, they're really fun to watch, but they just cannot defend at all. And they really did not defend a, a mistake by Kai Havertz uh, led to that first goal that got Southampton back in the game. And, you know, it just became a up-and-down open field score fest, and that's how Chelsea's played. And until they do that, I I just don't think they can really contest this league. So uh, it'll be, I mean, their, their front line is ridiculous, and they can score goals on anybody with, you know, multiple combinations of uh, people. I thought Pulisic came back and played pretty well. In his first start of the season, um, Tino Werner looks uh, really great in a Chelsea uniform, he's, especially when he's up front like that. And uh, Kai Havertz has been good since he's slotted back into his normal position. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, work this thing out with uh, Ziyech returning uh, this week. He got a couple minutes in that game towards the end. He did look a little uh, rusty and unfit, but... 
Uh, he's been he was one of my favorite players to watch at Ajax. So uh, it'll be see if they fit him in and what they do with Habits, Mount, and uh, Pulisic uh, also in there. So uh, it'll just be interesting to see how Chelsea shuffles that front line. But until they uh, get some defensive, uh, you know, organization, let's say in the back, uh, I don't look for this team to challenge too much for the uh, Premier League title. For a top four spot, uh, definitely the, with the way they can score. But uh, I just cannot see them challenging for a Premier League uh, title. Um, next up, we have the Ars- Man City and Arsenal game. Um, this was actually a pretty dull game during the week. Uh, Arsenal came out with a really weird lineup. Uh, Man City came out with a pretty weird lineup themselves. But thought it was odd that uh, William was playing uh, up front. Uh, just don't, I haven't seen him... I don't see that as his sort of natural position, and it just sort of, why didn't you play Alexander Lacazette if you wanted somebody up top like that? But uh, Arsenal didn't get blown out, which is nice for a change versus Man City. Man City uh, got Aguero back, and maybe they can uh, start to piece things together as they get healthier and healthier. It was a good win for them, but uh, this was sort of a no-nothing game. Uh the other crazy game of the week was, uh, of course, Tottenham and uh, West Ham. Uh, Spurs just started out like a house of fire here and uh, got up to about 3-0 in the first 20 minutes. Dominated the game for really the first 80 minutes, and then uh, they got a little laxadaisical on a set piece, and uh, it became 3-1, uh, an own goal, you know, a couple minutes later, and then just a blitzing, ridiculous goal uh in uh, extra time for uh, West Ham, and it was just crazy, just crazy how they uh, somehow melted in about 10 minutes when they had complete domination of the game. Uh, a little of it was freaky, the own goal, and the goal in extra time was just a ridiculous goal that, I mean, was probably 25 yards outside the box and just hit in the perfect corner. So you can't necessarily control all that uh the lack of daisicalness on the set piece is really what you can control, and it's what sort of gave West Ham a, a brief hint of life. Uh, Bale got in a little bit and really looked great, but uh, Kane and Son are the have looked great for Tottenham all year, and they're really scoring, which is shocking under Mourinho, uh, the way this offense has looked. But uh, he hasn't been able to get this defense together. I, I, I don't. They just. Don't seem to be able to get a clean sheet. This was a perfect chance to get a complete clean sheet, and they uh, didn't do it. Uh, speaking of West Ham, though, they've been really on one hell of a run after a real slow start to the season. They've won three straight now. Uh, well, they haven't lost three straight. Uh, they beat, they won two and drew this one. I counting as a win, considering they were down three nothing with about ten minutes to go in the game. But uh, West Ham has really looked good. Uh, just love the way Miguel Antonio has played. And uh, David Moyes has these guys playing well. And uh, that's fun to see because I like watching West Ham. And I I, I love watching Miguel Antonio work his uh, butt off uh, in these games. So uh, cheers to West Ham for not giving up and uh, closing that game. And, you know, Tottenham, I, I really do think they can be contenders if they can get this defense situated. Now that's a big if, but... Uh, the way their offense is humming right now, and you throw out Kane, Son, and Bale, uh, that's probably as good a front line as Liverpool, as good as front line as Man City. Uh, it's probably one of the best front lines in European soccer. So uh, 
We'll see if Tottenham can get their sales situated in the back uh, in the games going forward. And the last one we'll touch on uh, in the EPL is Leicester City 0, Aston Villa 1. That keeps Aston Villa undefeated on the year. Four matches played, four wins, and this is just fun to see. Uh, Everton and Aston Villa at the top of the table. Uh, it feels like it's the 1970s or 80s in here. So uh, uh, Leicester City didn't bring much, but uh, once again, uh, Vardy, uh, Vardy didn't play in this game. And, you know, it's been Leicester's problem for so many years now. If Vardy doesn't play, they struggle to score. They struggled to score in this one and then gave up the real late goal and extra time to Ross Barkley. And uh, I really like Leicester City, and I think they'll challenge for Champions League spots, definitely European spots, but they just haven't solved this problem. If there's no Vardy, they don't score, and if you can't find somebody else to, you know, take up some scoring slack, relying on Vardy even as great as he is and has been and probably continue to be for a couple of years, uh, you just can't continue to rely on him solely as your one lone gold scorer. But... uh just uh, to touch on Aston Villa, really exciting. They've looked really great, and uh, you know Chelsea and Tottenham could probably look at them and wonder how they've fixed their defensive issues since uh, really they started playing really good defense once they got back from the COVID restart, and it's continued into this season, and uh, Graylish and Barkley are teaming up, and it's just been a great thing to see. Uh, love watching Aston Villa be uh, good and play good soccer uh in the league this year so uh that pretty much covers everything in the uh epl the wolves played a nice game versus Leeds and uh shut them down uh you know giving them the ball and then counter attacking them in uh 1-1-0 but uh other than that that was that's pretty much uh all the big stories in the epl this week we'll move on to la liga uh the one of the Big games of the uh, there were numerous big games and uh, everybody didn't seem to want to come to play this week uh, coming back from an international break in La Liga uh, the only one who really seemed to show up was uh, Atletico Madrid uh, they beat Celta Vigo 2-0 Celta Vigo continues to struggle in the year uh, Luis Suarez for Atletico Madrid continues to play uh, well he's probably right now Atletico Madrid's best player uh and they got a win that they uh, needed. Uh, they sort of been lackluster in their previous two games with two draws, one a nil-nil draw. So uh, it was nice to see them bounce back. And when they uh, when they get some offense, they're really fun to watch. Hopefully going uh, forward, they can continue to score some goals and uh, we won't have to see too many more of those Atletico Madrid uh, nil-nil draws. But, you know, it is what it is. That's sort of the way they play. But I like it when they push a little bit more going forward because, you know, they're no longer this plucky little underdog. They are easily have just as good as talent as Real Madrid and Barcelona. So uh, they need to go out there and take these games like they came out there and took this game. And, uh, Celta Vigo continues just to sort of be really poor, especially for, I think, the talent that they have on it. But it's just sort of the way they've been the last couple of years. Um, next up, uh, Granada played uh, Sevilla, and uh, Granada won one Sevilla just didn't look great in this game. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of it was guys coming back from the international break. They also have Champions League 
uh, coming up on Wednesday, so they just didn't look really ready to play this game, and Granada uh, just was the better team, I thought, throughout the game. Uh, we'll see if Sevilla can bounce back uh, during their Champions League match uh, this week, and uh, now we'll go to probably the two big, uh, let's say, stunners, because they definitely looked uh, bored and out of sorts coming back from uh, international break. Uh, Gintafe beat Barcelona one nothing on a penalty kick in, I think, around the 70th or 60th, 70th minute, and uh, Barcelona pretty much just brought nothing to the table. They were dismal the whole freaking match. Uh, they, you know, more of the same side-to-side passing, no real attacking. I, I don't know how many threats other than maybe one or two messy shots on goal there at the end, but uh, it was just a bad look for Barcelona. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they were sitting waiting for Champions League, but... Uh, they just haven't really looked good all season long other than that uh, first game, really. And uh, Real Madrid uh, versus uh, actually stunning Cadez is fifth in the league who just moved up. But um, they actually bossed this game. Real Madrid uh, also didn't do much coming off the international break. And Cadez uh, easily could have had two or three more goals in this game. So uh, they got much the deserved win. And we'll see how uh, Real Madrid bounces into the Champions League this coming week. But uh, both those teams really looked poor this week. And it's a little early, but uh, both of them aren't playing well right now. Uh, you know, Real Madrid's doing their little thing, which is what they sort of were doing towards the tail end of last season, grinding these games. But it's still, uh, you know, much like Leicester and Vardy, it's still much over-reliance on Benzema. They don't really have anybody else to score, and uh, they're back line seems to be held together, you know, by bits and peaches and Sergio Ramos bossing every run around. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, play in the uh, Champions League on Wednesday. Next up, uh, we had the Villarreal-Valencia matchup. It was a uh, 2-1 to one by Villarreal, and uh, they've gotten off to a pretty decent start on the season, uh, much better than last year. Uh, you know, Valencia, once again, I think... Uh, I just haven't liked the way they have looked all year long. Uh, been pretty poor. And uh, just hopefully they can uh, sort of get it back together. But uh, Villarreal sort of pieced it together. And, um, uh, you know, a little credit to Unai Emery, who seems to have these guys playing pretty good football. They had a nice match, I believe, two weeks ago versus Barcelona. And uh, this week got a nice win versus Valencia. So, uh Villarreal's looking pretty good right now, and uh, we'll go now to the top of the table, guys, and Real Sociedad uh, beat Real Betas uh, 3-0, and Real Sociedad continues to look pretty good. Uh, their goal differential is uh, now eight goals. They've got, they have uh, just played great football, and they're really fun to watch. Uh, I I ask, uh, I tell anybody if they want to watch a, you know, a good team play soccer who you know, is on the front foot and open and just moves the ball great. Uh, I tell them, just go watch Real Sociedad. And uh, they deserve to be at the top of the table right now with the way they've played so far this year and just really enjoyed how they played. So uh, we'll see if the uh, big boys can bounce back this uh, weekend. But uh, really enjoying uh, some of the sort of uh, – different teams at the top of the table right now this early in the season for the La Liga, and uh, we'll see if Real Sociedad can keep it up. Now, uh, La Liga was bad with the big teams this week, but uh, Serie A was even worse. Uh, 
The only one who seemed to come out and play this week was uh, Napoli, who destroyed my uh, Atalanta team, who's probably my favorite team to watch uh, all year for the last couple of years. And uh, Napoli just came out and was super, super uh, aggressive and uh, got out on that front foot and really just uh, bossed the game versus Atalanta. I was pretty stunned. Uh, it's definitely uh, Napoli's best game. They've played all year long, and uh, they really sort of needed that win. They got it, and uh, just don't know uh, what – it was not the Atalanta I'm used to seeing. Um, some of it might be have to do with the international break. Uh, they have a handful of South American guys who probably uh, – you know, we're a little bit jet lagged. They were playing over in South America, a bunch of friendlies and World Cup qualifiers and coming back over here. So maybe that has something to do with it. If, you know, Atalanta doesn't play with that high intense energy, uh, their back line just isn't going to hold up. And uh, Napoli d- definitely exposed that. Uh. Now another bit of a shocker, uh, Sampdoria beat Laszlo 3-0, and uh, Laszlo continues to, I don't know, they haven't just looked like they've looked uh, really ever since they uh, restarted the season from COVID uh, during the summer. Uh, Laszlo hasn't seemed to be uh, on their game, really. So uh, that's a... And it uh, continued here. Uh, They just really didn't have anything. Sampdoria dominated this game, which is... uh, Bit of a stunner, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much it is the way uh, Laszlo has played. But going off last year and going off expectations this year, uh, just shocked that uh, Laszlo got beat so bad. But uh, right now, you know, Laszlo has more wins than, uh, or Sampdoria has more wins than Laszlo. So, you know, was what it was. And, uh, you know, maybe Laszlo can get it together. They got a big matchup this week. Uh, versus Dortmund in the Champions League. Uh, We'll touch on that Friday when we go over our Champions League review. But next up, uh, the big game of the week, uh, Inter Milan versus Milan. And Milan continues to look good, and I I really think this team is a challenger for uh, the Serie A title this year. Uh, They've been playing gangbusters uh, really since the restart um, this summer and uh, continued into this season. Uh, Zoltan has been great, uh, and when he wasn't there due to COVID, they continued to play gate, and they came out of this game uh, just on fire and uh, lit Inter Milan up. Uh, so a uh, little disappointing for Inter Milan. Uh, they didn't have their game on. Uh, they looked pretty slow and rusty. Um, both teams have uh, European games this week. Uh, Milan's in... Uh, the Europa League and Inter Milan's in the Champions League. So we'll see how those teams bounce back. But I can't say enough about uh, Milan this uh, week and uh, all season. I, I'm hoping they can stay up there and contend for this uh, Syria title. And uh, the way they've played so far this year has uh, just been great. Uh, Juventus was uh, just dismal this week uh, in a uh, 1-1 tie to newly uh, promoted Croatona. And... Uh, this was really the only time that uh, they've even gotten a result out of any of this. This was their first point of the season. So, uh, you know, uh, they didn't have Cristiano Ronaldo, but uh, Juventus has just not looked great at the start of the year. It's pretty early. Uh, I don't think uh, it's time to judge Pirlo yet, but uh, the way this team played, 
this weekend was pretty shameful. And, uh, I mean, there wasn't much to say. It was a pretty boring game, much like most Juventus games have been for the past couple of years. So, uh, pretty disturbing result there. We'll see if they bounce back. Uh, they have a pretty easy Champions League matchup this week, but we'll see if they bounce back next week in Syria. Now we'll go to the number two team so far in Syria, Sassuolo, who have, uh, and lighten up the scoreboard. They continue to light up the scoreboard. They had four goals on Bologna this week. Uh, they did give up three like they usually do. But um, it's just been fun to watch them all year. Uh, they've really been out on the front foot. They score a lot of goals. They play really great soccer. And uh, if you're looking for a team that isn't at Atlanta to watch, I, I would say go watch Sassuolo. And uh, just to touch on it, because I don't know, I like them. Roma beat Benvenido 5-2. It was nice to see them play good soccer. They have been sort of mediocre all year long, but it was uh, nice to see Roma get the win here. Uh, we'll move on to Germany, and uh, there wasn't much uh, to go down. Uh, Byron destroyed. Uh, the only matchup I thought was a pretty good one was Hoffenheim and Dortmund. Dortmund won one and it was uh, pretty impressive because... Hoffenheim tried to use the same tactics early in the year that forced Dortmund's loss. They bullied him and pushed him around. This time, Dortmund didn't give in and then stole the goal late. So uh, this is a pretty impressive win for Dortmund, and uh, hopefully that leads to, you know, where they grow and get tougher throughout the year, and maybe they can ch challenge Byron a little bit uh, during this season throughout the Bundesliga. Uh, Schalke didn't get murdered this week. They actually came away with a tie, 1-1 versus Union Berlin. So uh, that's something. Uh, maybe they will uh, sort of bounce back after the international break then not be so so terrible. It, it would be sad to see Schalke uh, get regulated in the out of the Bundesliga this year. So uh, I'm hoping they at least uh, stop carrying on water in it and improve a little bit and uh, stay up at least this year because I I really like Schalke to at least uh, not have to drop down. It's kind of sad what's going on there. So uh, they got a point out of it, and uh, hopefully with some more points to come. Okay, so uh, we got Champions League and Europa League matchups this week. Uh, just wanted to touch on a handful of the fun matchups in the Champions League this week. Uh, I already talked about it a little earlier, uh, Chelsea and Sevilla. Um, you also got PSG and Man United. That should be an exciting one. Um, really looking forward to the Laszlo Dortmund game. Um, a little bit of a sneaky one. I think Real Madrid and Shakhtar might be a little tighter than uh, people would think. That one's on Wednesday. So um, interested to see how that game plays out. Uh, I think Shakhtar's a little better than people think, so we'll see if Real Madrid can step up the game from over the weekend and play that one. Uh, Ajax and Liverpool. Ajax is sort of in a little bit of a rebuild. They don't have, you know, the elite, elite guys they did uh, from two years ago or even a year ago for that matter, but uh, Liverpool without Van Dijk, I haven't seen whether Allison's going to play or not, but uh, we'll see what Liverpool comes out after uh, losing Van Dijk this weekend. Uh Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid should be a nice uh, sort of mixture in styles. Uh, 
and see how that plays out and who comes out on top in that one. And in the Europa League, there weren't a lot of great matchups, but uh, I did hi- highlight the Celtic and Milan matchup. That one is being played on Wednesday, and I think that one will be a pretty good one to watch as well. All right, so let's change from the foot. Let's change from soccer into basketball. Uh, the Lakers won the title about a week ago, a little over a week ago. So um, congratulations to them. They were definitely the best team in the uh, playoff bubble. Uh, they were the best team the last part of the season before it got canceled. And uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis were just too much to overcome. And really, uh, some of their role players really stepped up. KCP stepped up and played really well. Uh, Alex Caruso played really well. And uh, Rondo played really well. And uh, if they could get those role if they got those role players to step up. There was nobody who had a better duo uh, than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and that's sort of how it played out. It was a little sad that Goran Dragic got hurt in that first game. I I'd, I, don't think the Heat would have won the series, but I think it would have been a, a little bit better of a series, you know, to have that attacking guard to put some more pressure in. It wasn't just Jimmy Butler doing uh, rim runs for the Miami Heat. Uh, Goran just sort of opened that offense opens that offense uh, up a little bit more. But uh, I didn't want to touch on this year. I wanted to touch on next year's season. Uh, We don't quite know when it's going to be. I'm hearing now uh, Martin Luther King Day probably is what they're hoping for. Uh, Also, you know, maybe Christmas, but uh, I think that's a bit far-fetched. I doubt they can get this thing turned around by then. But uh, the sooner it's back, it's the better. Uh, I love basketball, so uh, if it can come back, I'm happy for it to come back whenever. But I wanted to take a look at the uh, odds for the uh, 2021 season. Uh, The Lakers start out as favorites at plus 350. Um, Not a lot of value there. I didn't highlight that one. Um, Clippers at plus 400. It'll be interesting to see what kind of moves they they make. Uh, I'm sure Harold's probably going to go. Uh, I wouldn't be stunned if Bradley and Williams are also out, and we'll see what they can bring in with those pieces. I doubt they get rid of Paul George, uh, but uh, if you could get something better, uh, they might try to pursue that. But uh, at 400, especially the way they ended the season, I, I just I don't think that's very good value either. One of the ones I highlighted uh, was the Bucks at plus 650. I think they'll be on track. They'll certainly be the best team in the East, I'm pretty sure, again. But I want to see what moves they make. Uh, we've been hearing about Victor Olandipo. I, I saw a report the other day about uh, Bogdanovich, the uh, Kings one, not the uh, Utah one. If they can bring in a, another couple, let's say, scores, people to open up the offense so they aren't just reliant on, you know, Giannis drives, and uh, they can have other people run the offense when he's out, and it doesn't get so bogged down in in the half court when people just wall up and dare everybody to shoot. Uh, the only one who's proven that he can, you know, get points in in tough situations and playoffs matchup is Middleton. I, I definitely um, think they will try hard to move off of Eric Bledsoe, but at plus six fifty, uh, the Bucks. Uh, Sprang my interest in uh, the other one that sprang my interest was the Golden State Warriors at twelve to one. Um, everybody will be back: Curry, Thompson, Draymond. Uh, 
Wiggins theoretically is on that team right now. It'll be really interesting to see how they, if they use this number two pick. Uh, I really like James Wiseman. I think he's the probably the best player in this draft. So if if they like Wiseman, I think putting Wiseman next to Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry would make one hell of a team. And I think they that honestly puts him right back, uh, if not the best team in the West, you know, right there as one of the best teams in the West. So at 12 to 1, uh, before the season starts and the Warriors get off to, you know, a hot start, I, I think that's pretty good value. A couple others I looked at, uh, the Nuggets are 20 to 1. They seem to continue to grow season to season. Uh, last year they made it to the conference semis. This year they made it to the conference finals. I think they have a move to make as well. Or, uh, you know, if Porter's growth continues. But I think there's a big question whether Porter, one, can fit in there. Uh, I think he wants to be a lead dog. And, you know, they're, he's not going to be a lead dog if Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray are there. So if... Do you use that thing and try to get a, you know, a, a trade piece in there? I, I don't know who. Uh, Chris Paul's probably available. I I don't know if that totally fits their team, but uh, Paul Murray and uh, Jokic would be a nice uh, little trio there. Um, we'll see what they do with Porter. Also, Porter's, you know, uh, back situation seems to always be on the top of my mind. A bunch of teams passed on him because they didn't trust his medicals. But at 20 to 1, I really like the Denver Nuggets up there. And uh, another one that uh, popped up was the uh, Mavericks at 30 to 1. Um, you know, Luka's going to be the best player in this league uh, soon enough uh, if he isn't, you know, creeping right up there right now. Uh, with Kawhi and uh, LeBron aging. But, um, you know, it, it's pretty much all dependent on Porzingis' health. If they have Doncic and Porzingis and can sort of make the required moves of role players, I, I think this Mavericks team could easily be a contender next year, uh, depending on how healthy uh, Porzingis is and stays throughout the year. So uh, the, the Mavericks at 30-1 to 1 popped out to, at me Um there weren't many others. Uh, the Nets came in at 14 to 1. Uh, you know, anytime you have Kevin Durant on your team and, and sort of Kyrie Irving, though, you know, you never know those what sort of self destructive maneuvers are going to pop out there. But Kyrie, Kevin Durant, uh, you're definitely going to put yourself in the title, the mix. And at 14 to 1, I thought that was pretty good odds. And the uh, Sixers, I. Don't think they'll win the title or even come close. I think that's too big a mess there, but they do have talent. So uh, at with the talent at thirty to one, uh, the Sixers might be also a, a little bit of a look see there. So that was a look at uh, some of the twenty twenty one title odds. Uh, we'll have more on the uh, basketball upcoming basketball season. You know, as we get closer and closer to uh, the drafts and free agency and stuff. So be looking for that. Just wanted to touch on uh, a little bit the. Uh, upcoming championship odds for the season uh, whenever it starts. And the World Series got underway today. The Dodgers had a nice win, and uh, Clayton Kershaw went out there and pitched well. Uh, can we do away with the Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason? Does he have some bad starts? Yes. Does he have some great starts? Yes. And this is another one of those great ones. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you don't have your stuff. You're At the end of the season, you might not be able to 
pitch as well as you were, you know, at the middle of the season. But uh, I get tired of the narrative that Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason. He showed once again that he can pitch in the postseason. He's had a couple of really great starts, and he had one bad one with Dave Roberts refused to take him out. But the Dodgers got off to a good start. We'll see if they can pulled up against this Rays team who's, uh, every time they've been down, they've fought back and uh, pulled themselves back in the series. Uh, I thought it was amazing the way they got up 3-0 in that Astros series, let them come back to 3-3, and then somehow managed to win that game seven, which is really hard to do. So we'll see if they can uh, bounce back and see if they can make this a series. We'll see if the Dodgers can uh, get up 2-0 and uh, get their first World Series in forever and Make LA a two-title town this year. I'll be at uh, one mercenary team and uh, one team in a 60-game baseball season in a playoff bubble. But titles are titles, and uh, we'll see what the Dodgers have uh, up their sleeve for game two. All right, that's our show for today. We're coming back on Friday. We're going to review the Champions League and uh, Europa League games. Uh, We'll preview the weekend in uh, soccer in Europe, and uh, we'll do our football watchability rankings. We'll also have a movie review. Uh, A bunch of new movies are coming out this week uh, on streaming devices. Uh, The remake of Rebecca is coming out on Netflix, and uh, the Sofia Coppola movie On the Rocks is also coming out. So we'll have our movie critic in to review those movies. Uh, The Witches is also coming out. I'm really excited about that, but we can only do so many movies in a week, and we'll push The Witches to next week, but uh, Rebecca and On the Rocks uh, movie review this week. Uh, So be sure to tune in for uh, Friday's show, and that's our show, and we're out.